0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: It is the return of Phillies today. It is awesome to be back for another season of Phillies baseball. And I, admittedly, I think this will ultimately in the uh, three years now that I've been doing Phillies today The best season of Phillies baseball that we will cover. Obviously, we always have high hopes heading into the season. Certainly, last year, a lot of high hopes, but this year it feels a lot more realistic, a lot more real to have those high hopes for a number of reasons. We'll dive into it all. This is Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, March the 10th. As we are back, we are back. It is super exciting to be back talking about Phillies baseball and. Look, last year I remember doing this show and heading into the season and, and being effusive in my excitement and my praise of the Phillies. Obviously, the signing of Bryce Harper, a potentially transformative offseason it felt like, and and certainly things did not go the way they, we had planned them to go. But for a multitude of reasons, I feel a lot more optimistic heading into this season when you look at it rashly. And I know, look – there are a lot of things to talk about here. First and foremost, the NL East is a damn good division. The best division in baseball. There are four legitimate teams there. but um, We'll dive into a lot over the next couple weeks before the season starts. Just about two and a half weeks before the season starts on March 26th. So a lot of things to cover. I mean, we'll get into the Astros cheating. We'll get into what the opening day roster is going to look like. All that type of stuff. But I want to I start it out, as I said, with... Certainly a touch of optimism, but also just a, a kind of look at where we're at after the offseason and how this lineup is shaping out, how the team is shaping out, and and things that are both good and bad. And and again, I understand that heading into the season, look, a lot of projection systems, a lot of people predicting this team to be the fourth best team in the division. I actually don't think that's the way it's going to play out. I, I don't expect them to win the division. I don't have those types of hopes like I did last year, but... I think that when all is said and done, and we'll you know get to our, our f- official season predictions as the season gets a little closer, but I think this team has a real legitimate chance to make the playoffs, most likely through the second wild card or maybe even the first wild card spot. But I think that. Playoff aspirations are not a ridiculous thing to come into this season with. And again, I know it's a great division. I think all four teams other than the Marlins have a chance to compete for a playoff spot this year, which certainly makes it frustrating from that perspective. But here are the reasons that I'm most excited about this Philly season and why I genuinely have some optimism for this team to at least improve. Look, two years in a row, they've improved just in a very minor sense. They went to 80 wins and then 81. That is Clearly not good enough when we've been waiting nine years for playoff baseball. But let's start at the top, where I honestly think of all the moves they made this offseason, and we talked a little bit about Zach Wheeler at the end of last year, Didi Gregorius. We'll get into that more. But the number one reason to be optimistic about the season, as silly as it sounds, because I'm not someone who is generally a a, a manager-makes-all-the-difference type of guy in baseball. I don't think that managers are, you know... the the type of thing that can can change a team's prospects on a a massive level. But in this particular case, with this particular team, I actually think the number one reason to be optimistic about the Phillies this year is Joe Girardi. And I know that sounds kind of silly. But when you're talking about what we went from with Gabe Kapler, the Gabe Kapler era, and... I was someone who started out optimistic about Kapler, was willing to give him a lot more passes than most people were. But if you listen to this podcast at all over the last half of last season and certainly into the offseason, you knew that I was firmly in the camp of Gabe Kapler is not the answer here in Philadelphia. And going from Gabe Kapler to Joe Girardi to me is the single biggest change that happened with this Phillies team. That the single most important change I think that Joe Girardi coming in here and being the Phillies manager is going to make a massive difference. And it's not just Joe Girardi, it's the staff he's put in place. We'll get into all of it, but just on a basic level, the level of professionalism that Joe Girardi will demand, the culture, that Joe Girardi will create, the experience that that guy brings to the role. I just feel like it's going to make a massive difference for this team. I really do. And, again, I am not someone who thinks that managers tip the scale that much comparatively in baseball. I certainly think that they matter to a certain point. But I think when you're talking about going from Gabe Kapler, from the the – General level of lack of professionalism and demanding professionalism. Not that Capler didn't go about his business in a, a professional type of way, but you know, from whether it was the alarm clocks or the you know lack of um, of command or the lack of discipline that was enforced on this team, I just think that you bring in a guy like Joe Girardi, a guy who. Obviously, has won a World Series as a manager, has had a ton of success as a manager, but also is someone who goes about his business in a certain way that is a very stark contrast to what Gabe Kapler did. And I, look, I think we're seeing it right now in Philadelphia with the Flyers. You're seeing a team that went from Dave Haxtall to Elaine Vigneault, and I think the level of professionalism that that AV has commanded with the Flyers on a night-to-night basis has made a massive difference for that team. And I think that's what we're going to see with the Phillies this year. I think we're going to see a team that doesn't make silly mistakes, a team that believes in what their message is, a team that believes in what they're doing on a night-to-night basis. You're not going to see the same type of base running mistakes. You're not going to see the same type of fielding mistakes. You're not going to see the same type of general apathy at times from players. Certainly the lack of hustle, all that type of stuff, that's not going to happen anymore. It's just not. Joe Girardi's a guy who has a a record of excellence that is undeniable. And he's someone who comes in here with a resume with a um uh, a certain type of professionalism that people in that clubhouse have to adhere to. You know, it, it's easy for someone to look at Gabe Kaplan and be like, "Ah, eh, you know, it's Gabe Kapler. Well, you know, I don't I don't necessarily have to worry about being as professional as I should be. You look at Joe Girardi, you have to do that. And I think that's something that we're going to see this year. And the attention to detail, all that type of stuff, I just, that's where I wanted to start this show off. The first show that I'm doing of the season that I, I thought it was important to really harp on Joe Girardi. And harp on the difference that he's going to make here. And, and like I said before, I think it's not just Girardi. I think it's the the staff that he's bringing with him. I mean, some of the, the most stark, um, impactful quotes we've heard out of spring training so far have been what the pitchers have had to say about Chris Young. I mean, Aaron Nola's comments about Chris Young were scathing, I think is the word that is most um, appropriate. And a lot of these pitchers are basically saying, hey, that guy wasn't good at this. I mean, very blatantly, that guy was not a good teacher. That guy was not good at, at conveying information to us, at telling us what we need to do and how to do it best. Brighton Price is. He has a, a, a long track record of being successful as a major league pitching coach, as someone who can come in, again, with a resume, with a level of credibility that these pitchers look at him and say, all right, I, I trust that what you're telling me is something that I should do. And also someone who has a history of being able to convey what he knows to the pitchers and in a way that is digestible for them. And that's something that clearly Chris Young struggled with. So, and then you obviously talk about Joe Dilling coming from the nationals, someone who has a, a pedigree as a hitting coach. He's not John Mailey. I mean, Oh my God, the John Mailey thing. We almost forget that that happened. And Charlie came in and, and all that i mean that was crazy joe dillon is a professional hitting coach he's going to come in and command respect from these guys so we'll get into the the whole lineup and how it shakes out and the rotation and the bullpen and and really over the next few days dive into a lot of the positives and negatives cuz look this team isn't perfect uh, again i, I at no point so far today even with all my optimism is have Going so far as to say I think they're going to win the NL East. Because guess what? I don't think they're going to win the NL East. I think the Braves are still the best team in the National League East. They're young. They're talented. They're well put together. I think Snicker's a good manager. I don't think the Phillies are going to pass the Braves. But could they pass the Mets? Yeah, I think they can. Can they pass a Nationals team that is coming off, granted, the World Series champs. So I don't want to dismiss them. But a Nationals team that lost their best hitter in Anthony Rendon. Don't get me wrong. They got a lot of talent. They got Juan Soto. They got Trey Turner. They got a lot of guys. But a Nationals team that is coming off playing deep into October—something that we've seen—is tough for teams. The first time they go that deep, and and coming off winning a World Series to gear it back up the next year, I do think that's going to matter. I, I I could absolutely see the Nationals taking a step back, especially considering how the Nationals went about it, being the team that were completely out of it essentially and found a way to be the best team in baseball from the end of May on and really just run their way to a World Series title. I think it's going to be tough for the Nationals to come back without Anthony Rendon and with the potential for injuries going that deep in the season and all that type of stuff to ratchet it up and get that type of of same type of energy. So, I think between the Mets and the Nationals, one of those two teams, the Phillies will be better than and potentially better than both. And if I had to bet, I would bet on two wildcard teams coming from the National League East because I just think it's the best division. There, There are no teams outside the Dodgers, really, in the other divisions that scare me that much. So I think that it's potentially possible that the NL East has four of the best six or seven teams in the National League, and I think the Phillies will be one of those teams. And I really think that the main reason for that, as silly as it sounds, is the coaching staff. Again, I'm not someone who generally goes in that direction, who generally puts so much faith into a, a coaching staff and what it can do. But I think it's not just Girardi and it's not just Price and Dylan and this group of guys. And the, the again, the professionalism they demand. I think that's a phrase that kind of sticks in my head when I think about this group of guys. It's the the jump from Gabe Kapler, Chris Young, and John Maley to that group. And that is a gargantuan jump. I mean, just a epic difference. And I think when you look at the talent that this Phillies team has, and and they have talent. Again, I think they're still, I think they're still flawed in a lot of areas. I don't feel great about them doing absolutely nothing, literally nothing, other than, you know bargain basement type hunting to to add to the bullpen. I, I don't love that outside of Zach Wheeler, they did absolutely nothing to add to a pitching staff that was already three guys short for all intents and purposes heading into the off season. Um, I, I don't feel great about that stuff. Certainly the Andrew McCutcheon news that he's probably not going to be ready till end of April, May at the earliest. That's not ideal. Like there are a lot of reasons to be pessimistic about the Phillies. I think, I understand where a lot of these um, projection systems are coming from, but I think what they're missing, that that's why, look, I, I get it from a talent perspective. The Phillies might be fourth. It's possible. I think they're probably still more talented than the Mets, but they're on par with them, and I think you'd have to say the Braves definitely more talented. The Nationals probably more talented. But I think what those projection systems are missing is the difference from going from a Gabe Kapler-run organization on the field level to a Joe Girardi-run organization. And I think that is a massive, massive difference. I really do. So I felt like it was important coming back after the offseason. And again, there's a lot to dive into over the next few days. We'll talk about each project. Part of this team. We'll talk about the lineup. We'll talk about the staff. We'll talk about the bullpen in detail. And we'll get into some of that today, too. But I thought it was important to really harp on what I think is going to be the biggest reason that this Phillies team is going to be competitive this year. Is that coaching staff and the jump, the the difference that it will make going from Gabe Kapler to Girardi. I think it is the single most important thing that happened to the Phillies this offseason. And I think it's going to be massive for this team, like six, seven, eight wins massive, maybe not eight, but I think, you know, mid to high eighties in terms of win range is a realistic type of thing for this team. And I think that has a real chance to get you the second wild card this year, the way things are going to shake out again. Um, I think it's going to be a fight. I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think there's going to be something where we come middle of September. We're like, all right, let's start playing for the playoffs. Cause I don't think it'll be that easy, but I think this Phillies team has a real chance to be one of the two wild card teams. And I feel a lot more optimistic when I step back holistically. Last season, again, I think there was a lot of excitement around Bryce Harper, around the Gene Segura move and McCutcheon and all this stuff. And then things just kind of went wrong. Look, Harper, as openly admitted, uh, he had an interview with with Angelo Guitaldi, openly admitted, as we talked about a lot last year, that – coming to a new city, that his wife being pregnant, trying to find a new home, trying to get everything settled with his family weighed on him. That a lot of his first half struggles last year I think can be attributed to that. And the thing with Bryce Harper and why we'll get into this more over the course of the week and the weeks to come, why I think he has a real chance to be an NL MVP candidate. In fact, I think he's a great bet to win the NL MVP this year. I think he's going to be one of the top three guys. It's hard to say which guy ultimately wins it. Look, Christian Yelich last year had an all-time great season and he still didn't win the MVP because Cody Bellinger also had an all-time great season and he didn't get hurt with three weeks left and all that type of stuff. But um, I think there's always like two or three guys you can look at and say, all right, they're an MVP candidate, a real one. I think Harper's going to be one of those guys. I really do. I think Bryce Harper at the end of the year, we're going to say, oh, he's one of the three guys who could win the NL MVP. Um, And I think we saw that over the second half of last season, but I I think the thing that, A lot of us didn't expect with Harper was all the ancillary stuff. First and foremost, he was one of the best right fielders in baseball last year. I mean, the outfield assist, the play in the field was all far better than we expected. And also the effort, the effort level that that guy gave, I don't think that's something any of us could have expected him coming in that he would play with such reckless abandon all season long, whether it's on the base pass, whether it's on the field, uh, in the field. I mean, Bryce Harper was full-on, hardcore, aggressive last year, and I think we're going to see that guy this year coupled with someone who's finally comfortable where he's at, someone who is finally ready to take on a leadership role for the first time in his career. And while wa- I talked about this a lot last year, but in Washington he was always someone who was – The young kid, the phenom, he was never the leader of the team. He was never someone who was looked at as the guy who had to take them forward. Sure, from a talent perspective, he was. But in terms of the clubhouse, it was Scherzer's team. It was a lot of these other guys' teams. It wasn't his team. This is his team. Bryce Harper's the guy here. Him, Romuto, there are a couple guys you can point to and you say, all right, that's the core of this team. That's the core of this clubhouse moving forward. So I'm incredibly bullish on Bryce Harper this year. And look, spring training so far, and I'm not a big spring training stats guy. We'll get into all that's going on down there over the next few shows, but I will make it very clear that I am someone who looks at spring training with the grainiest grain of salt, so to speak. Um, I, I just. I never overreact to them. I've seen too many times where guys have horrendous spring trainings and go out and and dominate. I, you know, I think guys are working on things. Some guys are going up and just throwing curveballs for a start, or just worried about hitting breaking balls or whatever it is. I don't or working on their swing or whatever it is. I don't I don't put too much stock into that. Um, but Harper is lighting it up in spring training, and I just think it's a sign of things to come. I, I don't think that the reason he's lighting it up means that. I don't think him lighting it up should I say is is the reason I feel like he's going to be great I just think it's just another example of what I already believed it's confirmation bias maybe but I think Bryce Harper is on his way to an MVP type season I think the Phillies with Joe Girardi at the helm are going to be a lot more professional type of team this year and I think it's exciting. I think it's something to get excited about. Again, they're not the best team in their division. They're in the toughest division in baseball. There are real reasons for pessimism, so to speak. McCutcheon, the McCutcheon thing's real frustrating. I think we all hoped that Andrew would be ready to start the season, ready to roll, just jump in, and and here's our leadoff guy, and let's go. That's clearly not the case. He's not going to be ready to start the season. Looks like Jay Bruce most likely to get most of those left field reps, and we'll dive into that more for the next few days. But... I do think that the way this thing is shaking out with Harper at the top and Girardi leading the franchise from a field level, I think they're going to be a, a, a fun baseball team to watch that's going to compete every night, that's going to play hard, that's not going to make mistakes, and I think that's going to be good enough to increase the win total by a few games, and, and I think that has a real chance to get them in the playoffs. Um, as I said, we'll dive more into the specifics each week, but when I think when you look at, uh, over the next few days, I mean, but as you look at just the, the macro of it all, I'm super excited about Bryce Harper. I think from a lineup perspective, you have to feel really good about where this team is at. Obviously, aside from the McCushion issue, I feel great about Harper. I feel really good about Romuto, year two in Philly, as a leader on both sides of the ball. Um, you feel good about Didi Gregorius. I know he's having a horrible spring, but again, I'm not going to overreact one way or the other to spring training stats. I think that's someone who's going to come in and make a, a real difference, um, both offensively and defensively for this team. He's a smooth field and shortstop. For the first time in years, we have someone... Um. really since Freddie, I guess. We have somebody who could put at the shortstop position and say, all right, we're good to go. That guy's got it. He is a great defensive player. And then you add in the pop, the ability from the offensive side of things. And also someone who is, again, I think you can't underrate whether it's Remuto Harper and the Girardi at the top. There's a real clubhouse culture that's being formed here. Didi's that type of guy. I know that Every single Yankees fan I know was devastated to see him go. I always feel like that's a good, um, very uh, rudimentary but good barometer for what type of player a player is. If if you get a player from another team and he comes in and every single member of that fan base is like, oh, man, I'm really going to miss that guy. You're going to love that guy. I do think that matters. It's rudimentary again, but I, I think it matters. Um, So I feel really good about Didi. I feel good about Kingery kind of taking another step forward after what we saw last year and still potentially moving around, but maybe playing a little more second base. I think Gene Segura, you know, obviously is coming to camp, best shape of his life. I don't buy into that too much, but I do think that, you know, you look at the numbers, I think the McCutcheon injury and, and his role in it, whatever that was, I know I didn't blame him as much as others, but... I think that that weighed on him, and he was not the same player after. I think Segura, with a, a fresh start this season, will be a better player for this team. Um, you feel really good. Again, I, I, I think you worry. Uh, Hoskins, the, the real question marks are Hoskins. What do you do in left field To McCutcheon comes back with Bruce? Center field, Roman Quinn, Adam Hazley. what do you get out of those guys? There are certainly some question marks. Um, but I think on the whole, I think offensively this team will compete. I don't think they're the best offense in the National League, but I think that you've got enough there, and especially once McCutcheon comes back. If McCutcheon can come back and be any semblance of Andrew McCutcheon, which there is no reason to believe he won't be, I think you've got a real offense that you can compete with, and obviously they can add to it. And I really like the depth. I like the bench moves they've made. I think Logan Forsythe is a really nice player, a guy who you know is going to go in and hit left-handed pitching for you. Jay Bruce better as a guy who doesn't have to play every day but still someone who we've seen even last year when healthy can make a difference and certainly again for right-handed pitching can be a nice bat in the lineup for you so i feel good about where the lineup is at i feel good about them being able to put up runs on a night-to-night basis um obviously the big question with this team is going to be the starting pitching going to be the bullpen they did absolutely nothing To add to the pen, you know, you got guys like Bud Norris, Francisco Liriano, Drew Storen. I hope one or two of those guys work out, and I think Liriano are really nice, actually, under-the-radar move. Um, But there are a lot of question marks about the pen. We'll see how that shakes out. I feel good about Hector Neris. I feel pretty good about Jose Alvarez I feel solid about Adam Morgan but I you know again I don't think you feel amazing about any of the bullpen guys Sir Anthony Dominguez has to stay healthy for a little while to make me feel any good about him you know not taking the Tommy John and and recuperating that and all that and then, obviously, the starting rotation is a big question mark. You know, I think you feel good about Nola. I think Zach is going to surprise people. He's a really talented pitcher. I think he feels like he's got a lot to prove coming here with that new contract, coming off the Mets, Brody Van Wagen and the Mets GM taking shots at him on the way out. So I think there's a lot of questions with the, the staff, but I think you can supplement. I think you need Zach Eflin to be solid for you. Who knows with Arietta? you hope for a bounce back. I think halfway through the season, Spencer Howard's going to make a real difference. I think Alec Baum partway through the season can make a real difference. Um, so I think there are a lot of outs for this team. I think there's a lot of paths where you can see this team being successful. And I think, again, it all starts at the top. I think the Girardi, Price, Dylan group, I think it's really going to matter. I really do. Um, but... Again, I, I understand that the pitching staff is something that there are question marks and the Phillies have said they'll add to it. I, I've been frustrated that they wouldn't pay the tax, that they're not over the tax, all that stuff. But for me, where I'm at right now, and again, over the next few days, we will dive into this in detail. We'll talk about the staff. We'll talk about the bullpen. We'll talk about the lineup in much more detail. But right now, just back in action as we are, I think my main feeling is cautious optimism. I feel optimistic about a Joe Girardi-led team with enough talent. Not the most talent, but enough talent. And I think Girardi's going to make up that difference. So um, I'm feeling good. Again, I'm not feeling World Series. I'm not feeling locked for the playoffs good. But I feel good that this team can end the playoff drought. The nine-year drought, eight plus nine by the end of it, that, that that can end this year based on the fact of Joe Girardi, the professionalism that he'll demand, and, and the roster they have in place. So um, it's good to be back. Uh, over the next few days, we're going to dive into each of these areas in much more detail. We'll talk about the lineup. We'll talk about the holes. We'll talk about McCutcheon. We'll talk about what that means. We'll talk about the starting rotation. Nola, Wheeler, you feel great. And then after that, it's a real question mark. What we can expect there. Who will be the fifth starter? God, I really hope I don't see Vince Velasquez pitch anymore <laughs> in his starting role. There's a lot of stuff, and then again, the bullpen. God, uh, you you wish that that Sir Anthony Dominguez, recovering from, um, uh, uh, you know, an elbow issue, without Tommy John, wasn't such an important piece for this team. But guess what? It is. So, um, you hope for the best there. But there's a lot to dive into. We will get into it all, but. On a basic level, I do think Joe Girardi being here is going to make this a lot more fun for us as Phillies fans, and we're going to see a professional team that plays the right way on a night-to-night basis. And on the whole, over the course of the season, I do think that's going to matter. So um, thank you for for tuning back in. we got a lot more coming. Again, we will dive into way more depth, way more detail with all this stuff over the next few days. But for now, um, we'll leave it at that. Joe Girardi will make a difference. That is the takeaway from today. And uh, again, we'll dive into a whole lot more over the next few days. So uh, until then, we'll be back tomorrow with a lot more of the micro. Thank you for listening to the macro. Either way, thank you for tuning back in to Phillies Today, right here on the Phillies 24 7 network.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.